you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Tuesday, November 15th, and you're listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. Those are the voices of today's special guests. Voice number one, 61240. Looks a little lighter now, actually. He was the 100th person to hear his name in the 2006 NFL Draft. He is the co-host of the NFL Explained podcast. He is a beacon of truth and righteousness in a world of silence and subterfuge. He's mm. Michael Robinson. <laughs> like that. Welcome back to the pod, Mike. What, what up? up? What up? What up? Voice number two is 63212. Looks a little heavier now. Yeah. He was <laughs> the first the person <laughs> to hear his name in the 2002 NFL draft. He retired in 2012, but I have seen this man in the last five years outthrow both Dak Prescott mm. and Patrick Mahomes. No joke. The kid can still sling. Andrew. He's David Carr. Welcome back, DC. No pads on, no one chasing me, but it's fine. Yes. <laughs> I am your host, NFL Network senior writer Andrew Levy, and on today's show, we will reveal how the aforementioned Dak was duped, how CD was suckered, and how Mike McCarthy was masterminded by a 14-year-old head coach named Matt LaFleur. <laughs> He's not 14? <laughs> he looks 14. We will also get a visit from a man who had the best catch of week 10. Oh, Diggs! Oh, what a catch! For exactly 28 and a half minutes. He caught it! That guest, of course, is Stefan Diggs, and he will tell us what he is seeing from Josh Allen in this current Bills backslide. He will reveal what he did see in that miraculous grab from Justin Jefferson. He'll tell us why Bills fans shouldn't panic, not yet. And we will tell you why the normally stoic Michael Robinson first crashed the Stefan Diggs interview, then S-bombed the Stefan oh, Diggs nice. interview. Mike Robb, you unrepentant vulgarian you. Plus, did the Vikings just draft the blueprint 
for beating the Bills. Are the Titans about to put an emphatic end to Green Bay Packers celebrations? And are Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers vastly overrated? But first, this happened. Takes a shot down the center of the field. And that one is picked off by Derek Forrest. Then this happened. Deep shot down the middle of the field. It has a wide open Quez Watkins who has to dive to make the catch. And now he lost it. He got up and started running with it. Ball is still on the ground. A huge play for the Eagles turns into a massive turnover for Washington. And finally, this finished it off. He's trying to throw it backwards. He's hit by Cam Curl. That is picked up by Casey Tuhill in the end zone. It's a defensive touchdown to end the game. An exclamation point to end an undefeated season of the Eagles. Situational defense and a commitment to the run, the recipe for ending the Eagles' unbeaten start to the 2022 campaign, DC 32, Philly 21, and guys, Washington puts the finishing brushstroke on a Week 10 list that reads like this. Vikings, Colts, Cardinals, Steelers, Lions, Panthers, Bucks, Packers, and Commanders, all winners in Week 10, that a huge majority of the so-called experts didn't predict. David, is it time for us to get a little bit more imaginative with how we see games going in the NFL? Because no one is safe, not anytime, not anywhere. Should we have seen this coming? Well, I think if you, I think what we have to do is we have to dig a little bit deeper because, like, just for example, the Washington and Philly game. So Jordan Davis was not on the field. Philadelphia hasn't necessarily had great run defense all year. With him. Mm-hmm. He leaves, and what does Washington do? They run the ball 40 times. Now, Taylor Heineke made some great plays. He made some nice throws to the outside, and they have good wide receivers on the outside. But I think that, that was very interesting. We almost have to, like, it's almost like watching the weather. You have to watch it, like, up to the minute before you walk out the door. <laughs> like, what's happening right now? Because you got to put yourselves in the minds of the offensive play callers, of Scott Turner, of these guys. Like, where is the weakness? Where's the chink in the armor? And these games are so close, right? It only is... Just that one guy being gone. Jordan Davis is out. They run the football 40 times. They win the football game. And it's like, that was supposed to be the best team in the league. Right? How'd, how'd Washington beat them? Oh, one, one position was out of whack, and that's what happened. So we got we to start paying attention to that. I, I, I totally agree, David. I also think that sometimes we don't give enough credit to the players in the National Football League, meaning by this, all week, everybody heard, all we heard was how great of a team the Philadelphia Eagles were. Yep. And then at the end of the day, nobody was giving the, the Washington Commanders any credit. And they came out and they, and they stuck. Professional football players. Yeah, they're professional yeah. football players. They get yeah. paid to play. Yeah. And I think sometimes we just don't, we discount the human element, the right. human emotion, yeah, the fact that these guys respond and, and they're very prideful beings, right? And they don't want to. Um, you know, they don't want to put bad film out there and they definitely don't want to be looked at uh, to, to be humiliated on national TV. So, yeah, man, we got to do better. We got to do a better job of assessing the human element of it. To David's point, Bob Dylan said, I don't need a weatherman to tell me where the wind blows, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, here's how and where the wind blew last night. Jalen Hurts, 17 for 26, 175 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. The Eagles only ran the ball 20 times. Mm-hmm. You talked about the the commanders committing to the run yeah. 40 times on their side. Commanders outpossessed the Eagles 40 to 20 yeah, in terms crazy. of minutes, over two to one technically. And yet, Mike Rub, if the Dallas Goddard face mask gets called. He's got a hold of the face mask. Oh yeah. The game could have conceivably gone in a different direction. The refs get a demerit from you this week. Gabe Davis, not a catch. 12 men on the field for the Bills on goal line defense. It is a difficult job and we try not to be too critical, but occasionally when there is an elephant in the room, it is not the worst thing to call it out. What do you got? Well, our officiating 
And again, this is Michael Robinson's opinion. This is no official thing coming from the league or anything. It's just my opinion watching football. In the last 10 years, our officiating has gotten worse. In the last five years, it's gotten super worse. Um, and I think it, it, it's getting to the point where we, we have so much technology. Everybody can have such, a, um, such an opinion on every single play. It's just like, dude, if we have the technology to get the call right, let's just get the call right. Yep. And to me, it's about the integrity of the game. We cannot have betting going on uh, regarding the National Football League and at the same time having the technology to correct the referees and not using it. That just doesn't make sense to me. And at the end of the day, it just seems like the more we talk about the referees, the more they're under the, the spotlight, the more we put a magnifying glass on them, the more the calls get even more egregious. They, get, they, they mess up even more. I think Bill Belichick said it, I think, like 15 years ago. And he said it again this week. And he, and he said it again this week. Just make every call reviewable. And move on. Yeah, it's really not that difficult. It's not that difficult. We can talk about making the referees full-time employees. We can talk about making them do a better job. It's like it, at the end of the day, they're humans. They're yes. going to miss stuff. Yes. But we have so much technology to be able to see. We all sat there, millions of us, and watched Dallas Goddard's helmet get ripped off his face. Yep. And then the, the bad part is after the game, the, the post-game presser with the referee is they don't even acknowledge that. He just bypassed that entire part. It's like, man, we're, we're, we're almost doing backflips to try to just solve the easiest things possible. You go to review, there's a face mask. The ball's yeah. dead, 15-yard penalty, it's still the Eagles' ball. Move How on. hard is that? Yeah. It's not hard, right? Hard. It's just very easy to me. And I think the issue with the Gabe Davis was that it was inside two minutes. And again, that's the thing that Bill Belichick is howling to, yep. went to the moon about is it doesn't matter if it's inside two minutes. A play should be reviewable, especially if the outcome of the game potentially hinges on getting it right or wrong. And we're talking about those calls at the end of games. I can make an argument. We talk about parity in the National Football League almost every single week. We talk about how, how look how teams are so close. The teams we thought were going to be elite, they're not elite. The teams we, we thought were going to be bad, they're turning out to be pretty good. Well, if that is the case, these calls do make a difference. Huge. One call can determine the game. Yep. It's not like it used to be. Yeah. So at the end of the day, man, like we just got to get it right. And again, I come from just a love for the game, a love for, for from the integrity of the game. If we're going to be the number one sport in America, we got to do it right. And at the end of the day, we have the technology. Let's get it right. Yeah, and the more eyeballs you have on your product, the more impetus you have and yes. onus you have to be unimpeachable. We have the technology, as both of these guys have said, as Bill Belichick has said many times, to be as close to unimpeachable as possible. Yep. Let's avail ourselves of those I resources. Mean the, the Dre Greenlaw ejection. Oh my goodness. Crazy. Are you kidding me? Personal foul, unnecessary roughness, defense. Number 57. Number 57 has been disqualified oh. from the game. I mean, the, and again, DC, you're quarterback. You see Justin Herbert. Just so everybody knows, Justin Herbert was scrambling. He wasn't in the pocket. He was running the football. He got hit from behind, which forced his his helmet to get a little bit lower. Yeah. Greenlaw was already targeting the middle of his the middle of his body. Right. And, I, and I'm a quarterback, and and, and you've played quarterback. Yeah. You know, and, and I always side with the defense in that. Because I don't know, I can't imagine how difficult that would be to try to go in and make a tackle, and then mid-tackle, you are supposed to adjust somehow You're your aiming point? I don't understand how you do it. That's almost it. impossible. And Justin Herbert's probably just as big, if not as bigger, than, yeah. Drake, than Drake Greenlaw. So again, there's a, there's a safety element here for the defender. And then last point I'll make, because I, I, this has been on my mind. What if Drake Greenlaw had a percentage or a play-based incentive with his contract? Yeah, and this real. ejection... 
force him to not meet that yeah, incentive. You know, say, say he gets Who injured, pays he the, the difference exactly. in that? Yeah, that's right. Because at the end of the day, I'd be pissed. Yeah. And I'd be talking to my agent about some stuff because, yeah, I need to get that money. Yeah. Was Greenlaw's head up on the play? Yes. Yes, it was. Next game, next upset. And when I say upset, I mean no one was more upset than Mike McCarthy Sunday at Lambeau. Wow. McCarthy is Firing the headset into the ground. Uh, Coach looked like a lineman who'd been handed the ball by a grateful running back when he spiked that (laughs) headset with impunity. Incidentally, no word on the condition of the headset. We're told there is a backup uh, working out at Cowboys facility all week in case the now mangled microphone can't go on in week 11. Now, was McCarthy merely pissed off that the decision to go for it on fourth and three backfired? Michael Robinson says no. Michael Robinson says he was apoplectic at having been soundly outcoached by Matt LaFleur. Please explain. Two things. And David, you're going to understand exactly what I am talking mm-hmm. about. Two things offensively for Dallas. There's been a lot of talk about whether Dak Prescott can be the quarterback to get this team over the hump. He's paid now. He can play quarterback in this league. OK, let's not let, let's not take Absolutely. a thing away from Dak. But he has a chink in his armor. And it is being able to determine the middle of the field, whether the middle of the field is closed or whether the middle of the field is open. And that determines the defense. If the middle of the field is closed, that means it's tighter windows and underneath coverage because there's some type of a safety dropped into the box. When the middle of the field is open, that means a defense is starting to guard against the big play, right? And it opens up the middle of the field. And Dak Prescott, in my opinion, throws the seam up and down the field better than almost any quarterback in the National Football League. And this past weekend, he had real issues against this Green Bay Packers defense determining whether the middle of the field was open or closed. He and C.D. Lamb both having to see the same thing. Prescott over the middle, and it's intercepted again! Quite oftentimes did not see the same thing. The two interceptions was because of the middle, middle of the field read. Mm-hmm. The last play on fourth and three was the, they did not get it, the uh, Dallas Cowboys, because of the middle of the field read. And Mike McCarthy, for whatever reason, did not take that read out of this offense. And I get it. Uh, Dak Prescott throws that throws that pill very good, right? I get it, right? That, that seemed throw. But at the end of the day, if he's not seeing the field right, you have to change. And then defensively. They could not protect Michael Parsons. Mm-hmm. And I want to Now, hold on. I'm going to stop you there because <laughs> I find this phraseology very interesting. When we hear as lay people protect in the NFL, typically we think about you guys. Yeah. We think about the quarterbacks protecting the quarterback, being job number one on right. most NFL teams. Michael is talking about protecting a guy who is occasionally a D-end and occasionally an outside linebacker. What do you mean by this? I mean protect them from getting big people on him. Right. You want to put Michael Parsons in a position where he can be special, where he can use his special powers, his special powers. He's extremely strong. He's extremely flexible and he's explosive and fast. That's why he gets to the quarterback uh, probably faster than almost anybody in the National Football League. Well, the Green Bay Packers said, "Okay, well, when we go base personnel, right, or when we go a certain nickel with Alan Lazard as our F or our slot receiver, right, that's going to invite a base defense from the Dallas Cowboys. Well, in base defense from the Dallas Cowboys, again, four defensive linemen, three linebackers, four defensive backs. Michael Parsons is an off-the-ball linebacker in base defense. Whenever they go to that NASCAR package, meaning a nickel package, meaning they want to get after the quarterback, they need pass rushers on the field. Michael Parsons goes from a stand-up linebacker to a defensive end, sometimes with his hands on the ground, sometimes he's standing up. 
But that was the game being played. And Matt LaFleur said, okay, let me look at how y'all doing this. Okay. You really want Michael Parsons to affect the quarterback. Well, I'm not going to give you a chance. Mm-hmm. I'm going to change the personnel up. I'm going to give you uh, 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 different types of personnel that's going to put Michael Parsons off the football. And then we're going to run the football right at him. And they did that by what? By putting an extra tight end in? By going heavies? By going 12 personnel? Explain to me the personnel look that mitigated the impact of Micah. Two things that the Green Bay Packers did. They put extra tight ends in the game, right? Two tight ends, two wide receivers, and a running back. What that invites to the defense, it invites base defense. Four down linemen, three linebackers, okay? Three linebackers, four defensive backs, right? You know what else Green Bay did? They brought in three tight ends at times with one wide receiver, one back. And again, they ran right at Michael Parsons because, again, what that does is it invites a base defense. It invites Michael Parsons as an off the ball linebacker. And then again, when they did run out of nickel and they put Alan, Alan Lazard, who in this version of this offense is the X, the split in, yep. the guy on the ball, the guy that is the coverage dictator, in certain nickel situations, they put him as the F, the movement guy, right, to be able to find the safety and block the safety. Well, the Dallas Cowboys, they went base defense against that and they could not find a way to get Michael Parsons to affect this. And one more element of that on top of that. So when they did throw the football, I'm watching the Christian Watson, all three of his touchdowns, right? It's all off that personnel group with a solid run action, possible double team, even a triple team Mm -hmm. on Micah Parsons, who's basically nullified, ineffective, (laughs) single high safety. And Aaron Rodgers just played catch with Christian Watson three times for three touchdowns. Simple offense. Would have had a fourth. Would have had a fourth. The best pass I saw, David, all week was the pass that never was completed. It was that high arching rainbow Mm -hmm. to Christian Watson. Christian lost it in the cloud. Couldn't see it. Didn't make the play on what would have been an easy touchdown. It would have been been the same thing. It's all the same thing. All the exact same scenario that M. Rob just laid out. But one thing that I saw from Aaron Rodgers in that moment, and it goes to something that we talked about last week, there are questions amongst a lot of us about Aaron Rodgers' willingness to be a leader of men when he needs to be a leader of men instead of somebody who is seems to be, body language-wise, mm-hmm. of service to himself in yeah. a lot of these moments. In that moment where Christian Watson fails to make the play on the best pass that he made all day, Aaron Rodgers did for a moment roll his eyes, but then you saw him snap out of that and you saw him feed Christian Watson the rest of that game. Yep. So something, something is happening. Well, he knew either, he either Aaron is listening to Michael Robinson, <laughs> yeah. or he yeah. is realizing these are my guys, like Hoosiers, right? Yep. Where there's four guys, and the ref comes over and says, uh, "Coach, you've only got four guys on the court." And Gene Hackman says, "That's my team. My team's out there." And that's what Aaron Rodgers that has. Is. Yes, you don't have Devontae. That's your team. That's Play exa- with them. That's yep. exactly what Aaron Rodgers is realizing. And I think the early part of this season. They thought they could play this game a certain way. They thought they could play games a certain way with this offense. They thought they can kind of be high-flying. But I think in the last couple of weeks, and I think it started with the loss to Buffalo, Mm -hmm. they realized, hey, we got to play a certain way. We got to have at least 35 carries every single week. That's right. We have to. We have to win every first down. Because if we don't win first downs, we get behind the sticks. Yeah, now we got to go. Yeah, we're in a bad situation. We got to spread them all out and we got to throw the football. If they play a certain way, they can, they can make some noise in the NFC, but again, it has to be a certain way. David, what Mike is seeing from Dak is substantiated in the statistics. Between the hashes, yep. Dak this year, zero touchdowns, three picks, a 35.9 passer rating. He's seeing it. The stats bear out the truth. As a quarterback, what's the fix? Well, as a quarterback, there's not, it's not really even on you because you are at the mercy of the play call. 
And when I look at um, the Cowboys, they need to take a page out of the Packers playbook, who Aaron sees the field beautifully everywhere, right? But even, even they understand throwing the ball over the middle of the field versus coverage is tough. And especially if, like you said, and Rob, you're asking guys to adjust coverage, adjust routes based on how the defense moves. You're going to see ghosts. You're going to throw it into places that you shouldn't be throwing it. And CD is like a, a He's a guy they move everywhere. They try to get him the ball all over the place. They put him in the slide, put him outside, and he's not really comfortable inside. And I've been in that situation with guys. Like when I was in New York, we were the, the masters of those middle reads. Mm-hmm. And there were guys that could do it really well, and there were guys that struggled with it. And the guys that struggled with it, we just didn't do it. Yeah. You just didn't have them do it. I remember talking to Plaxico Burris, who was, great, who was not great at it, and then Victor Cruz, who was superb. <laughs> Victor Cruz like, could see everything, right? So he knew exactly when to take the middle. Eli was on it every time. They, had, they were clockwork. Plaxico couldn't see it. Right. And so he just didn't do it. He would just he'd snap it in. I'm snapping in. My route is concrete. I'm running it. I know exactly where he's going to be. And that's what Dallas needs to do when they're throwing inside the numbers, inside the hashes, at least you got to be concrete and you got to let Dak just he's got to use his ability to layer the football to maybe wait a little bit. And then you can still make it work. But outside, he's it's easy because one one. Right. It's, it's, it's pitch and catch. Dak's going to live out there. He's going to dominate out there. But inside the inside the hashes, you've got to just clean it up for your guys. And what they do is when they do clean it up, it's off play action, yep. just like Green Bay. It's single high. Right. One on one. See, he's running across the field. There's no read involved. He's just beating the guy. Dak makes a beautiful throw and, and they roll. And, and but when they don't do that, they get in trouble. You mentioned something this morning. I'm sorry, Michael. You mentioned something this morning when there's two deep safeties. Yes. OK. And the route is maybe a post. Yep. And that first safety commits. Yes. That's when you're talking about a wide receiver who instinctively and hopefully has the shorthand with his quarterback to break that off. Yes. So, and so essentially, here's Go what happens, short. right? So if you, if you think about the, the numbers on the field as the paint, right? Use a basketball term, the paint. That's what we always talked about. If both safeties get their feet in the paint, that means the middle's open. Yep. So your receiver on a middle read has the ability to take the post. He can go right down the pipe. You can hit him, right? And you can go Google right now Victor Cruz. You can find 100 <laughs> clips of him doing this, right. right? Hitting his head on the goalpost. And it's like, how did he get so wide open? Because it's all adjusted off of those de- defenders, right? So what Green Bay did, which was beautiful, one safety would get his feet in the paint. Mm. The other safety would start to look like he was going to get his feet in the paint and hit the brakes. Yep. And, he would ch- and he would jump the inside route. And CD, you can see it on the interception. He starts to break in, and then he goes over the top of the safety. Yes. And Dak throws it right to him. And you're like, they're going to keep doing this? Like, please, someone tell them to stop doing this. Because it happened three times. It happened three so times. It was crazy. And, and I, I and interrupted. I, I, I'm sorry. And I, I, I got to tell our listeners, we, we have to understand, Dak was better throwing in the middle of the field last year when he had that guy on the outside and Amari Cooper. That's right. Who could make sure that safety's feet stayed in the paint. And that's what's the beautiful. Outside. And they had an outside go they route. They had on an that, outside. And no one respected it. They didn't run with they it. They didn't even care. Safety about just it. stayed right there flat. With the Cowboys on the brain, let us turn our attention briefly to the total access game of the week. On Sunday, in Minneapolis, Dallas Cowboys take on the Minnesota Vikings. Cowboys coming off of an unexpected and painful loss. Vikings coming off of a potentially unexpected and joyful win. The keys to victory for the Vikings seem clear. You guys have laid it out. Force Dallas to be in base personnel on the defensive side of things. You have added to this list, moved Justin Jefferson around quickly. What do you mean by that? I just mean, again, he's... (laughs) To me, right now, he's the best wide receiver in all of football. Everybody in the world saw the catch he had uh, against the Buffalo Bills last week. So, again, you know two sets of eyes are going to be on him every single play. So, as a play caller, if I know that, 
that's going to be my chess piece. That's going to be the guy I move around yes. to see exactly how the defense right. responds to him. And if they respond to him the right way, then I know where the ball can go. If he's manned up, I just, like Kirk Cousins did last week, I sit on my back foot and I just wait on this guy to win because 10 out of 10 times, he does. Keys to victory for the Cowboys. Obviously, number one is you lose that middle of the field. Yeah, breed. lose it. Lose it. It's a terrible <laughs> matchup for the Cowboys. Honestly, just being frank, because Harrison Smith is one of the best safeties yes, in the league at disguising coverage. So if you try to go in there and think you're going to read the middle of the field with Harrison Smith, you're going to throw three passes right to him. Right? He's probably going to catch all three of them. So you got to eliminate that. you got to come in with the mindset, we're going to run the football. Right? We're going to get into situations where they have to play single high. They have to stop that first. Then let's, let's play catch. Right? Let, let Dak do his thing. Play catch with his guys on the outside. You can hit CD on the crossing routes, deep crossing routes, but don't read it. Right? Use formations, disguise, smoke and mirrors. You can do that, but keep the routes and everything simple because what you don't want to do is go up there and try to read it on the fly because right now it ain't working and it definitely isn't going to work in Minnesota. Translation, Dallas, simple game plan. Simple, like <laughs> training camp style game plan. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi on a network that covers more roads than any other carrier. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. I am your host, Andrew Levy, with a pair of guys who both have a Super Bowl ring, who both played for the San Francisco 49ers in their careers, and who both finished fifth in the Heisman voting. I reckon the similarities and there. Michael Robinson, David Carr, next topic. Unbelievable finish. The boys at high mark. Unbelievable finish. Are hitting a low mark. No one can believe it. In this NFL campaign. I can't believe it. Buffalo Bills back-to-back -back losses, now six and three. Last week, they were the number one seed in the AFC. Now they are the number three team in the AFC East. Mike Robb, as president of Bills Mafia, mm -hmm. you get the first shot at this. What is the answer? Play better or play different? Just play better. Just play better. Yep. I mean, this team is who they are. Um, they're going to have a lot of – they had a lot of injuries to that defense. Most of the – actually, all the secondary is hurt. Both of their corners are hurt. Both safeties are out. Again, no excuses. It's a real deep team. But at the end of the day, turnovers by Josh Allen in the red zone have to stop. 
Devin Singletary has to get more than 13 carries. They have to figure out a way to run the football to give Josh some help so he feel, so he doesn't feel like he has to be Superman at the end of games yeah. and just try to fit balls into tight windows. And then de- defensively, tackle. The, the tackles are there. Just tackle. They make the tackles. I think they win the game last week. Michael Robinson suggested that keeping Josh Allen out of that Week 10 game may have been a good idea. Mm-hmm. I sort of wish that Sean McDermott had been listening. Mm-hmm. Okay, he played. Yeah. He looked all right. He did have three uncharacteristic mistakes, uncharacteristic in the larger picture, somewhat characteristic. Yes. Recently, that's the worry. A lot of people say that this new narrative for Josh Allen is that he's reverting to his old self, that he's reckless, he's immature, he's a profligate, he's a wasteful man with the football in his hands. These narratives catch fire. They haven't scored a TD in the second half since week six. Mm. David, what's the problem here? I think that we're, we're finding that, like, you know, Pat Mahomes and these guys that make these dynamic plays. And Pat Mahomes went through this also. He made these heroic plays. And then for a while there, for a stretch, it was like that's all he wanted to do. He would just make throws, backpedaling. He lost games, right? Mm -hmm. Lost playoff games. Lost the Super Bowl because of this, right? So I think Josh is maybe not reverting back, but he's had so much success. And so many people have told him that you're this superhero when you go out on the field. And he is most of the time, quite honestly. That he just, there's, a, there's an element of detail that he loses, mostly in the drop-back pass game, but also sometimes when he's trying to make a play, to your point, Rob, because at the end of the game, there's a lot of pressure on him to make that play. There's no one else to hang, hang their hat on, right? When you, when you think about the Bills, they don't have a four-minute offense. No, what is that? Don't. Does that even exist? No, it's Josh Allen making a heroic run or a big play in the passing game. But I think that he can clean up a lot of it just being a little bit more precise, getting the ball out of his hand, showing the defense that it's not going to be you every time. Like, you can kind of take some of that pressure off yourself by just delegating. Just get the ball out. Like that's what Pat Mahomes has done this year. He's done a brilliant job of just getting the ball out to his guys, regardless of who they are. Kadarius Tony, we just picked him up fine. Mm-hmm. Throw it to him. Throw it to Juju. We'll get it out of my hand. It's not going to be on me anymore. And I think that takes a lot of pressure off of you to then still make all the heroic, freakish plays that you can make without a lot of the negatives. If you look at the stats that, Michael, you intimated earlier, Josh Allen leads the NFL in picks. He is third in the NFL in picks plus fumbles. He is first by far in the league in turnovers in the red zone. Now, some people have turned to the coaching staff. Let's share the blame. Let's share the burden here. Is it as easy as a day ball versus Dorsey thing, or is that too reductive? I don't think it's that easy because, again, I always put myself in the play caller's seat. I'm sitting here. I'm looking at this guy. He can run any offense that known the man. He has the strongest arm known the man. I mean, there's really nothing Josh Allen can't do. Why wouldn't I want to use every single bit of this game? Yeah, Why yeah. wouldn't we it's want hard not to throw the football every single day, every single play? So it, it, it's hard not to do that. I just think at the end of the day, Sean McDermott, who is a defensive-minded guy, he has to be the mature adult in the room. And he has to go on that offensive side and say, guys, I understand who we are. I understand what our personnel is. But at the end of the day, we need to make sure that our quarterback is in a complimentary role until we absolutely need him to be the baddest man on the planet. That's right. And we need to develop an offense that way. And again, I mean, we said the same thing about Patrick in the past. We said the same thing about Aaron Rodgers. We said the same thing about Tom Brady. I mean, it, that seems to be the way to win, to win games. I think that's fair enough. And they are going to need him to be the baddest man on the planet in January. So, guys, do me yes. a favor. Let's get through November and December <laughs> without asking him to put the cape on. That's right. <laughs> 
There is perhaps only one person better than Mike Robb who can speak to the ill wind blowing through Buffalo right now. He wears number 14 for Buffalo. He's the man who can claim 72 receptions, 985 yards, and seven touchdowns through nine games. He's Stephon Diggs, and the mic goes to Mike Yam. Until, of course, Mike Robb breaks in and all hell breaks loose. This you have to hear. All right, Stefan, take me through this one-handed grab because for the common folk like me, you make it look really easy. What's the hardest thing about reeling in a pass like that? Uh, it's usually just in a moment. Uh, uh, my coach would always say, uh, do what you gotta do to catch the ball. I usually will go up with two, but uh, it was a little high. Uh, Josh gave me a chance and I was trying to make a play for him, but requires just a little bit of focus out there. You should be focused anyways, but you know, when the ball's a little bit out of your reach, just make sure you attach your eyes to the ball. So um, we're going to teach a class on the road soon. I'll make sure you're a part of it. Uh, please, please. I don't have the elevation nor the hand size or the athletic ability to pull those in, but I definitely want to sit in the back of the class. I promise I will pay attention <laughs> the entire way. Your grab, not the only really good one. Justin Jefferson obviously had a, a spectacular grab. You're smiling because you know I have to ask you about it. He was loving you up before this game, so I know there's a lot of mutual respect for what you guys do, but what's it like to see that actually live on the field? Oh, man. Man, you gotta think about it. I'm on the opposite team, but at the yeah. same time, you know, when you pull it for a guy, it's like this, damn, that's a good ass catch. Oh, excuse my language, but dang, that's a good catch. It's like this, damn, it couldn't have happened the week prior or the week after that. Uh, but it's a, he's a he's a hell of a player. He's definitely special. You know, um, I talked to I talked about him earlier in the week, and I was just saying how special he was of a player, not just a receiver, but what he does for that team. So uh, it was a hell of a catch. I was like, damn, I, I thought I had a one-hand catch. That, that's a one-hand grab right there. <laughs> <laughs> when I saw yours live, I'm like, I don't know if I'll see a better catch. And then later in the game, obviously, I saw that one. I was yeah, like, man, wow. I'm going back and forth on which one was better. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about your team because Josh Allen, you know, he's the first one to say and blame himself for some of these picks here. And I, look, he's the one that's throwing it. But what are you seeing on some of these INTs? Um, it's just, you know, some minor things as far as the execution wise, I see with us. Um, if you can, you can sit here and try to blame Josh as much as you want, but you know what I'm saying? It's all of us. You know what I'm saying? We got to find a way to get on the same page, especially in the red zone. Uh, when things are crumbling, we got to have better scramble drill rules. We got to make the plays that are thrown to us and, you know, uh, find a way to get them out when they are close. It's just like, this is part of the game, you know, the ebbs and flows of the season. Uh, we're trying our best to be consistent. Some things will happen throughout of it. So we got to, we got to find our way to really get back to being us consistently and coming out um, and executing at a high level. Do you have to say something to him, like either during the game or after the game, just to kind of prop him up? Because it seems like he's taking a lot on himself. He's a, he's a, he's the leader of our football team. I mean, I feel like as a leader, as a leader on this team, of course he's going to be hard on himself. Uh, Josh is one of those players that, you know, I don't know. I don't know anybody else that takes the game more serious than me other than him. You know, he's just out there giving it everything he has each and every play. So, uh, rightfully so, I get to, I get to, I get the feeling that, uh, sometimes he might feel like he got to do it. And I'm, I'll always let him know that I got your back. We got your back. We ain't going to fail you. Uh, we'll, we're going to find a way. We'll find a way to fix it. Um, you know, I'm riding what I know. I feel, I always will feel like that's, that's the best quarterback in the league. You know what I'm saying? He, he runs, he throws, he does a lot of, he does a lot of things. And people, people suddenly forget, you know what I'm saying? And when it's good, it's good. And when things aren't going right, of course they're going to, uh, say things aren't going right, I guess. But to me, I feel like, uh, he's still the best quarterback in the league and I'm rocking with him. From an offensive standpoint, you guys have had some problems in the second half scoring touchdowns the last few weeks. Why is that going to change against Cleveland? I uh, just got to come in the right week, come, come in with the right mindset. Uh, it's a new week. 
our goal this week is to go one and zero, and that's been our goal since the beginning of the season. We fell short. Uh, we fell short a couple times because of minor execution, real, real small things. Things that I, in my vision, and when I envision our season, they can't be fixed. You know, but what season would it be without any adversity? It's a perfect timing. Uh, put put our backs against the wall. You know, and you get to sh- you get to show what kind of team you have. Yeah, that's a really good point. It's not always supposed to be easy. In fact, it usually isn't easy. Hey, best of luck, man. I know it's been a joy watching you on the football field. Take care of business. Not only this weekend but the rest of the way Thanks, boss. i appreciate it awesome i know he's yelling and i know it's all good stuff i appreciate you bro already keep that team together big dog You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. this podcast to bring you a short answer to a loaded question. Did the Minnesota Vikings just design the blueprint to beat the Bills? Mike Rob? No. <laughs> Very short answer. Slightly longer answer, please. No, they did not design the blueprint because it, at the end of the day, Justin Jefferson had to make the greatest catch ever human on fourth and 18 on fourth and 18 uh where the coach told the quarterback just give him a chance just throw it up i don't yeah. know what's gonna happen let's Button just see hook at the <laughs> good luck yeah good luck let's just see <laughs> um half of our defense uh when i say our i'm again i'm bill's mafia guy. Okay. We know half of our defense was hurt and josh allen you just uh, i don't want to say this but you can't expect him to throw that many red zone picks uh going forward so no this is not a blueprint Okay, so it's not the blueprint. However, there were some weaknesses exposed that go beyond what we just talked about. Yeah. What are they? Well, it's the same same thing that we saw with Pat Mahomes a, a few years ago, and I referenced it earlier, but the Super Bowl against the Bucks, you saw that kind of show up. Mm-hmm. And when you got all that pressure on you to make these plays, and then you try to make them, you know, as the season gets longer and they move farther in the playoffs, the defenses are going to get better, yeah. right? And you, you have to have an element of detail and precision 
right? You have to take a page out of Tom Brady's book or Peyton Manning's book, even as a dynamic playmaking quarterback, right? And it's like that old, it's everything I used to tell Derek. Like, just be Bruce Wayne. Be the billionaire that shows there up go. and raises money and does all the good stuff. And then when you have to throw the cape on, right? When the bad guys are at your door, you throw the cape on. But you can't do it every time, right? Because everybody, the gig's up. Because we know that's all you're going to try and do. Yep. The whole time is walk around with your cape on. It's good job. So I think, that, I think that they have to take an element of that. And then they got to get healthy. On, on the defensive side, to your point, get the safeties and corners back. Mm -hmm. They'll play better on defense. But Josh has got to clean it up. We turn now to Week 11, Game 1, Thursday night in Green Bay, Titans and Packers. Last time out, Tennessee did this. It's a flea flicker. Henry back to Tannehill. Down the field. Westbrook to Kine. And it's a touchdown. And, of course, Aaron Rodgers and Christian Watson did this. Rodgers lets it fly. Has Watson. He's got it on his feet. And he's in for the touchdown. Rodgers steps up. Going deep. Has a man. Watson is in! Touchdown, Green Bay! Rodgers floating, caught! Touchdown! Watson again! What will they do on Thursday? Gentlemen, finish this sentence quickly. I wouldn't be surprised if... David. If Green Bay starts to get on a roll because of what Imrod laid out earlier. The, their philosophy has shifted a little bit. I think from the Buffalo game to this last week, they understand that they have to play inside out. Run the ball first, create one-on-ones, let Aaron be Aaron in the special throws that he makes in tight coverage. Instead of trying to spread it out and play the opposite way, do that against the Tennessee Titans, and I think you can win the game. Michael, the Tennessee Titans, somebody said this morning, I won't name check him, but it rhymes with Colin Cowherd, um, <laughs> said that he believes that the Tennessee Titans are the best coached team in the NFL. And I think his point's a good one. He pointed out the fact that with a backup quarterback who was anything but convincing against arguably the best team in the AFC, the Kansas City Chiefs. The Tennessee Titans went without a first down in the second half and nearly won. There is something special, not in a flashy way, not in a particularly fun to watch way, but there is something special about the Titans. Finish the sentence, Titans Packers Thursday night in Green Bay. I wouldn't be surprised if. Derrick Henry has 45 carries. Yeah. I mean, honestly. Wow. And that's a lot, guys. That's a lot. But game script, we say 60-plus attempts we have seen from quarterbacks this year. Why not 45 from a run? Yeah, I mean, I, I would. Again, Derrick Henry, the guy seems to get stronger as the game goes on. I would force, I would force this Green Bay Packers defense, who their rush defense isn't that great, to hit this big man all day long. Again, 40 carries. I don't care who the quarterback is for yep. Tennessee. And finally, the ever popular and ever fun to criticize power rankings. Thank you to Dan Hansis for putting your opinions on the chopping block every week. Hmm. Gentlemen, Axe is out. Let's get to work. I will read from the top and you shout it out when something or someone feels out of place. It may start early. Number one, the Eagles. Still got the Eagles, huh? Yeah, you know, I'm just, I, I would just ask people to go look at who they've beaten. Yeah. I, start to, I start to look at that as you get kind of halfway through the season. Just look at some of the teams that they've beaten. I know they beat Minnesota. Yeah, best, right? get, best win was probably Minnesota. Beat Minnesota. But other than that, some questionable opponents on there. So let's just, let's just kind of see what happens. We have a power rankings question at number one. <laughs> number two, Chiefs. No argument no there, argument. I don't think. No number argument. three, the Vikings. Number four, the Dolphins. Big jump. That's Big a huge jump. jump. I think they up, were 12 last week, maybe. Up eight spots with one win against a poor Cleveland Browns team. I do like Miami. Overcorrection? Possibly, but I, I mean, it's only because of the unknown of Tua. I think that's what we've kind of all been waiting for to see. Is he going to continue this? Well, right? here's the thing, man. Like, I look at their scheme. Mm -hmm. Their run scheme is rock solid. Yep. Like, 
the, the linemen get to the next level. Yep. It, when it's an overhang guy, they don't run it. They throw it. You know what I'm saying? Like, the scheme is solid as a rock. And then I say, okay, that's the run scheme. Yep. Then I look on the outside and look at these receivers on the outside. I'm like, damn, dog, you just can't man these guys up one-on-one. Well, let me, let me say this about that pass scheme, which I, I, watched, I went back and watched like four of their games over the weekend just because I was curious, right? Like you said, yeah. Mike McDaniels, he's the run game coordinator for San Francisco. What are, how are they doing this? They literally are motioning Tyreek Hill and Julian Waddle on almost every play. Every and so play. what they're doing is these guys are full speed at the line of scrimmage. <laughs> and their full speed is very different from and most so people's. When you full watch speed. these corners, exactly. They when blow you watch, up. They're 15 or 20 yards off. Yes. And and so Tyreek Hill will come full speed, cross the motion. I mean, he's run 4-2, hit the snap, turn up, and break at and five just turn yards. around. And you're like, and of he's course, wide open. Of course nobody he's wide open. He's running 4-2 at the line of scrimmage. <laughs> so he's broke the code, man. He's figured it out. He has, man. Yeah, you have to, like, you mentioned the run scheme. When I started to watch over these last two weeks, and especially this past weekend, Jeff Wilson work his way into this backfield. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you see the length, the stride, the power, the pace, the hips on both Mostert and Jeff Wilson that is a scary, blanking backfield, and I wouldn't want to face it in December and January. And from a ball-handling standpoint, Tua, maybe Lamar Jackson? Yeah. These are the top, this creme de la creme when you talk about ball-handling, RPOs, being able to anticipate uh, with that run scheme behind it, man. I, that's a skill in itself. Yep. Dolphins at four, maybe they're too high, but you've just heard a lot of very, yeah. very positive things to say about that Dolphins team. Their rise came at the expense of the following teams. Bills down three spots to number five. I get it. Ravens down one spot to number six. Ravens don't take the field, and they suffer a loss in power <laughs> rankings, a power outage, so and they funny. didn't play. Yeah. Is this fair? No, it's not. Come on, Dan Hansis. 49ers down one to seven. Cowboys down four to number eight. Titans at nine. The top ten is rounded out by the New York Jets. Then you have a team for me that is underrated at 11, and that's the Cincinnati Bengals. Am I overstating that? Uh, you said they're underrated. I so, think they are underrated. I, I think that's a top 10 team in the NFL, and I don't think anybody wants to face them in January. i put it like this. I think they're an underrated team based off of who we know they have on their team. Yes. And the history of how we know this team yes. has played and in who the they past. could be, but maybe not you, what they you, are. You yeah. see what I'm saying? But yeah. if I if I erase the names off the back of their jerseys, forget about their history, and just look at their, look at their play, I don't think they're a top 10 team. Fair enough. Top 12 team. Let's talk about the team at number 12, because I have a feeling an eyebrow or a voice will be raised. Number 12 in the power rankings, up four spots, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. No, no, hell no. No, no, comma, hell no. Your response, David? Well, I'm just not, I'm, I'm not, I mean, they, two nice games, right? But I, I don't see that as sustainable. They, they still have too many holes up front. They still have some question marks. I mean. I'm not going to say that because they beat. Gino and my Seahawks over in Germany, which Gino, for whatever reason, started running for no reason, bro. Yeah, right. Middle of pocket. Middle of pocket. Yeah. Nobody around you. You just want to start scrambling. And then fumbled it. And then fumbled it. Like, (laughs) worst scenario. I I don't understand that. The one thing that we did see from Tampa was finally an attempt to be balanced. Yeah, no, that was good. They take a run game that was dead last in the NFL at less than 64 yards per game, and they put over 160 on the board out of that backfield. Good for you, Bucks. Translation, we're still not buying it. Let's see if you can do it again. Exactly. Uh, 13, Giants. 
I like Giants, the Giants win, obviously. and they're 13th. Still not a top 10 team. Yeah, I think because of the way they play, I don't think they've really done anything to kind of scare people. They're just a good, solid football team. Uh, yeah. Seahawks, I think a lot of people were waiting to downgrade the Seahawks. Yeah. And sure enough, here yeah. comes the downgrade down four spots yeah. to 14. Then you've got Patriots, then Packers up hold six. Hold on, hold on, Seahawks oh. dropped four. Yes. For losing to the Bucks. Bucks jump because they get the credit <laughs> for the win for the Seahawks. Correct. But you're not giving the Seahawks the credit for the for everything loss they did to a good before. team. You know yes, what I'm saying? Yes, and yes, yes, they did yeah. before. I don't understand that reason, but, you know, whatever. Patriots, 15. <laughs> Packers up six spots to 16. Commanders Boy, up fair. eight spots like to commanders. 17. And then we've got Chargers down three. Cardinals. Chargers going to charge. Hey, man, I'll tell you one thing about the Cardinals, right? <laughs> Cardinals team looked like they were having fun. They yeah. looked more capable. I don't know. I'm not saying make a quarterback change. Well, Colt McCoy had to play last year. He didn't lose last year. He didn't, he didn't lose. Didn't. Pretty good. They're running their offense. It looks capable. I like, felt like I know what they were like trying to do. Film. Like yeah. a guy that actually knew where to go with the ball. <laughs> that was the my backup was better than your backup. <laughs> yes. yeah. Okay, yeah. the last 12 teams, I'll just rattle them off. And you tell me the team of these final 12 that you think is most likely to make a run at the top 12, let's say, okay. or top 14 by season's end. 20 and down. Bears, Lions, Falcons, Saints, the Browns at 24, the Steelers at 25, the defending Super Bowl champion, what have you done for me lately, L.A. Rams at 26, down eight spots, and I think they belong there. The Colts up three to 27. Then it's Jags, Raiders, cover your ears, David, Broncos (laughs) at 30, Panthers at 31, Texans dead last at 32. Do any of those got, teams seem it. credible to you? Maybe the Falcons or the Saints I'd say I, make I, the quarterback I, I, I'm with you. You know what I mean? Because of the Both South. Those teams. The, because that NFC South seems yeah. vulnerable and gettable? Yeah. 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 That's Fair enough. Reason. Guys, thank yep. you for your thoughts. I want to thank today's guests, Mike Robb, David Carr. Thank you, as always, for making time to join us. Join us Wednesday, listeners, for a closer look at the top matchups of Week 11, including a matchup mashup for Thursday's Titans and Packers game. Did Mike Robb put a fork in Aaron Rodgers too soon? (laughs) Will he live to regret doubting the back-to-back NFL MVP? Will Aaron Rodgers stop his side hustle as a writer of headlines and instead reassume his role as a leader of men? Answers tomorrow. Till then, Ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. 
or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.